Welcome to another episode of Founder Journey. Today, we're continuing on from Vancouver, but our international theme continues with uh, Igor Debatur from Lighter, originally from Russia, now in Vancouver. Uh, Lighter is a smart content delivery network for user-generated content. This is one of those unique situations where you have a team of entrepreneurs building products, building platforms, and coming into roadblocks and challenges in their day-to-day operations, and coming up with their own solutions for those challenges. And through that process, realizing, hey, this solution is actually valuable. There's other people that want to use it. There's other people that want to pay for it. And lo and behold, a brand new startup gets spun out and uh, this is lighter. We're also talking about managing a globally distributed team and pushing past political tensions in order to move your company forward. We're back this week with another episode of Founder Journeys. Uh, Again, I'm still in Vancouver, so we're privileged to have an international founder that's actually part of our startup visa program here with us today, Igor Dubatron. No, Dubatur. I'm horrible with last names and first names, Uh, so you got to forgive me for that. So it's Igor Dubatur from Lighter, formerly known as Upload Care. So... uh, Igor, why don't you give us a quick intro of what is Lighter? What do you guys do? What's the magic behind the the platform that you're building? And then I really want to dive into you and your journey. You're originally from Russia. You're now in Vancouver. Uh, There's been a lot of political issues in in Russia. We're not going to make this a political uh, podcast, but I want to talk about some of the the great entrepreneurial ecosystem that uh, exists in Russia because there's some really amazing Russian entrepreneurs out there building great tech companies around the world. So let's uh, rewind back. Tell us about Lighter. Tell us about the platform that you're building. Lighter, it helps uh, tech companies to build new products uh, to launch something new or to upgrade their existing file infrastructures. So we basically help them with uh, managing user-generated content. We help them with file uploads, with uh, storage, uh, with uh, file transformations uh, for images, videos, documents. And then we help to deliver files in the end. So it's like a smart content delivery network that adapts content on the fly to accelerate its delivery. And I think it's like one of the easiest uh, solutions uh, for handling user-generated content. So, so it's any type of user-generated content. So it's not just uh, images, videos, uh, music files, con- like written content. You're, you're basically collecting that digital file. Do you guys do compression on that and, and just make it more um, efficient for the startup to leverage that content? Yeah, so there are different types of content, images, videos, documents, some like binary files or or TIFFs for printing. Uh, And uh, handling them is kind of complicated. So it's the lighter itself, it has resulted from uh, building the system again and again and again, because we've ran a web development agency and we've launched a a lot of products for, different uh, big names and smaller sized companies. So we launched internet projects um, and web apps. Mm -hmm. Every time we needed to ingest content, like uh, to allow people to upload something, if we were building a marketplace or a CMS for someone or something different, like an online printing, we needed to create a file uploading uh, we needed to we needed to integrate file uploader. We needed to uh, store everything somewhere. 
if uh, there was a potential for like uh, traffic spikes, we needed to handle these traffic spikes. We needed to handle scaling this, and then uh, security because some uh, data like um, for healthcare providers, it needed it needs to be stored securely, and uh, it was a huge pain. So we went to Hacker News. We asked the community like. If you are the only company who struggles with this, or there are other engineers who struggle with handling user-generated content, we found out that yes, there are actually many people who build this again and again, and uh, they were kind of duct taping uh, many different pieces, some open source, uh, some uh, third-party vendor solutions, uh, something built by their own, about 50 different small pieces to just handle files. And we started building this solution and decided to start providing it um, uh, with software as a service model. And eventually we found out that it wasn't like a proper software as a service, it's platform as a service. Mm -hmm. So, yep. So I love this. Whenever I hear somebody come to me and say, we were building X and we run into these types of problems and we decided to build a solution for ourselves uh, and it turns out it's a solution that we could have just we are now marketing on its own and it's turned out its own company. So you guys, when you say we, you, I'm assuming you and your existing co-founders? Uh, yeah. So you were building other internet projects uh, for clients, ran into this issue, and you went to Hacker News to kind of crowdsource, like, is it just us or other people having this problem? Validate, okay, it's not just us, this is a bigger problem, come up with a solution, and then you realize that you can actually commercialize that solution yourself. Yeah, it, it actually helped a lot because when we had our alpha version, we've already had this uh, closed Google group with about 200 of people who were interested to try it. So it helped. Uh, even when we, uh, so the story is, so we ran a web development agency mm -hmm. and for us uh, to launch a product was a success. But as uh, startup founders, um, we, we also thought that when we launch it, people will find out and they will start using it. They will start bringing other people and uh, we will succeed eventually. But then we, when we've launched it, we received about three payments in two days and that's it. Uh, and we were just sitting, waiting, and then we were demotivated because we've spent all the time, all the focus just to launch the product. Mm -hmm. uh, we forgot about marketing and sales and other interesting things. So it sounds like you guys are very much on the engineering dev side yeah <laughs> and so that's one of the big fallacies like that build it they will come you think if i build it it's an amazing project people discover it on their own and we're going to be rich but no marketing is a very very key part of every type of company our background is was focused to building products and uh, to engineering actually even not product management but just engineering products until they uh, until they launched and and when you were i guess Again, going back to the beginning, when you were building these projects for clients, were you doing this in Russia or were you already in the U.S.? Because um, because you guys were in the U.S. for a bit too, weren't you? Uh, so I was born in Russia, and my co-founder uh, and our third Upload Cares co-founder, uh, Lighters, we previously were called Upload Care, so Lighters co-founder. Yeah, it's still it's still hard to hear. Everyone, <laughs> we were born in Russia. Uh, we started building our agency in Saint Petersburg. We yeah. were in Saint Petersburg. So I was an engineer, my co-founder, he was a designer, uh, so hacker and hustler, kind of. Yeah. 
And um, most of our customers at that point, they were also at first in St. Petersburg, then in, in Russia, then in CIS countries. So we started scaling because we kind of, our goal was to build something, um, not just to earn money. So it was like 10th goal, but we wanted to build something interesting, something new, something um, that didn't exist before. That uh, And uh, third person we've hired, he was from different city. Then we started hiring from many different cities, but in Russia. Mm -hmm. Then we started hiring from different countries. So uh, we've started building this agency 14 years ago, and we've hired our first remote uh, person uh, about 13 years ago. 13 years ago, wow. So you guys were doing uh, distributed teams way before a lot of other people were doing it. Yeah. Um, I actually want to talk about that. Uh, I definitely want to talk about your journey as well, but this just keep on the distributed teams how how do you how are you finding that when when we started going through covid and everybody else had to deal with this was it very simple for you to just make the adjustments because you're already doing it or did covid affect you guys as well uh for us i'd say that nothing has changed in terms of uh like our office uh so we had our small office in st petersburg um it's not that small but uh um there were from three to eight people working from our office. When COVID started for two months, never, no one visited the office. Then uh, I think I started visiting it uh, alone, then another person, and then uh, it worked the same way because the majority of our team uh, was working from home and nothing has Already, changed so, for them. So no, no, no change in lifestyle or, or requirements because they were already working remotely. Yeah, the only thing we were missing is that um, every year we bring everyone from our team to, so we rent uh, a house in Finland. We called uh, this, and still we call this uh, like our uh, annual retreat. Mm -hmm. So we uh, rent it. Everyone from every country, uh, they uh, take a flight uh, to Finland and we spent, spent a week there. And uh, some people start asking me about like, oh, you are like um, resting and drinking alcohol, playing board games, playing like uh, PlayStation, etc. But actually, no. Uh, and our retreat is mostly like a seven days hackathon and we are building things because it's interesting and we work together. It helps to bond. It helps yeah. to build rapport for team members who never uh, who have never seen each other. And it helped, but it, with COVID, uh, Finland border was closed, and for one year we didn't have anything. So, so you must be looking forward to having that again this year. Yes. Yeah, and and I guess it helps, especially when uh, everybody loves what you're doing. So everybody loves coding, everybody loves uh, hacking away, and so doing a company retreat where it's basically a glorified hackathon just for your team, uh, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right, so. I want to jump back to you and your journey. So we heard a little bit about the origin stories of Lighter and how uh, it came to be through innovation and, and solving your own pain point. How did you end up in that agency to begin with? So uh, I was an engineer. I was working for a bigger software company. My co-founder, he was a designer. He worked with uh, DoubleClick uh, that was mm -hmm. acquired by Google. And I think I was looking for a designer uh, because some of my like friends uh, asked me if I can help with building their website and I needed a designer. 
and my co-founder, um, I think I asked my colleague and uh, he was her boyfriend and uh, that's how we've met. So he helped. Then I ran, um, I created a community for uh, mountain bikers in Russia. And there was a super popular forum, like one of the biggest forums in Russia for mountain bikers. And uh, I wanted to rebrand it uh, to create a new design. And he helped me. So at first we launched a commercial project, then we did this um, forum stuff together. So we kind of started working together, started building stuff and people started asking us to build uh, something for them. So we started scaling and we've scaled uh, to 25 people, I think. Well, so you're definitely making money <laughs> you're doing it if you're able to scale to 25 people. <laughs> yeah, we were, um, so we, it was our goal to make money, but in the end we always, uh, we were choosing like what to build and for who, for whom, and we always have chosen something more interested than uh, something more that profitable. paid, yeah. that profitable, that paid better. So you chose innovation over monetization. Yes. Now, obviously you need to make money to keep the lights on, but the real goal was to just enjoy we, enjoy what you're doing, build cool shit. Yeah, we had our salaries, uh, they were in the stable, so one month we uh, spent a little, that ne next month we received like two salaries, so it was balanced, but still it wasn't a real business, I'd say. It was like something lifestyle that helped us to learn uh, something new, mm -hmm. and it helped us to launch uh, later, it helped us to launch another uh, application we were working on, so we reinvested all our revenue, all our margins to build something even like better and new, like to develop our own ideas. And so you uh, and, and your team together made a decision to expand to North America. And this decision was made before any of this political issue had been happening with Russia in, uh, in the last year. Uh, why, what, what about North America really intrigued you? Like why do you see Lighter expanding here? Um, so when we launched an agency, we haven't been thinking at all about all the political situations because it wasn't a problem at that point. Uh, but we wanted to scale to Europe and to North America because just because it pays better. And, uh, there is more opportunity to, to build something interesting when there is budget. Mm. Uh, when we decided to launch upload care, it was a re, uh, I don't know, somehow I was thinking like where uh, where it's easier to start a business, uh, where it's easier to organize all the shareholders and the documents and the bank account. We wanted to work with Stripe. Uh, Stripe started, uh, I don't remember Stripe when exactly. Atlas. No, Stripe Atlas wasn't a thing oh, really? at that point okay. when so we started Stripe Atlas. Yeah. It's even before. Uh, so I understood that um, no, the US is one of the best places to start a business. Um, easiest plus striped work with only with the US mm -hmm. at that point. Um, I think I found some person like CPA in uh, Miami and she helped us to start a company without visiting the US. I'm not sure if it was really possible, but she managed to do this. She helped us to open a bank account. So we structured everything as the US entity from day one. Um, and it helped in the end. So it was kind of intuition that um, I wouldn't dive into politics for sure, but I understood that if you target engineers, there are a lot of uh, demand in North America for dev tools. 
Mm-hmm. So it was, I think it was a wise choice. We never needed to restructure because we've bought. And also my um, like uh, position in the company itself. So we positioned ourselves as a worldwide com- company without any real office in any country. Uh, we were born in Russia, but um, I think that even concept of countries is kind of uh, like outdated today and the borders so they're going to they're yeah i think it's going to change yeah. maybe in 10 20 30 years but still one of the things i always say is that uh, for tech tech does not know borders we as tech entrepreneurs we're building products and services that uh, should be globally adopted and that means that we are looking for global customers global teams global partners uh, and and global strategies and uh, Borders are really a political thing. The borders are there to protect countries, protect fiefdoms, kingdoms, and, and whatnot. That's and, right. And, and it's that, like that type of that way of living is gone, right? And so, uh, I agree. Like borders, politics, co- countries. Uh, there should be new ways to govern ourselves and manage ourselves moving forward. So we wanted to avoid this. Uh, we structured uh, in the US because it was easier, and our market uh, is. Even right now, I think 60% of our revenue comes from the US. So that's why we've decided to open an office. Uh, at first, I was evaluating European countries and capitals like uh, Portugal, Spain, France, uh, UK. Then I evaluated different regions in the US. So we traveled in the US a lot. We visited, I think, most of uh, the popular places for um, creating companies. San Francisco, New York, Miami, uh, even Washington LA. DC and Austin. So, um, but then uh, we acquired a small company of two founders, and one of the founders was in Vancouver, and that's how I added Vancouver to my list to evaluate. And when I went uh, to Vancouver first time, I think it's the first place in my life where I felt like at home in like after a week. So it was easy choice for me. I'm guessing it was during the summer months, right? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> but the weather is similar in Saint Petersburg. It's even worse, so it's uh, it doesn't scare me. Okay, that's great to hear. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, speaking about uh, uh, Canada and and, and Vancouver, um, where do you see yourself going with your your trajectory? So, Lighter obviously is your company. Uh, you're building dev tools. Is, is that what you see the future for Igor? Um, so we are, we were running upload gear for quite some time. Uh, the idea, uh, comes out, out of 2012, I think. So it's 10 years. It's super long. Uh, in parallel, we've tried to run uh, the same agency. Then we've launched another, uh, mobile application for, uh, extreme sport participants like skiers and mountain bikers and, uh, skateboarders. And it also became popular, uh, more than a million of signups, uh, tens of thousands of active active users. But then we focused on one business, it's lighter. Uh, and it's kind of a new life for the previous company. I feel it. So right now I'm not tired and I think that we have a good idea how to continue building it. Uh, what developer engineering community and tech companies are still lacking some things that they're building old way and we know how to do it simpler and easier so if so the the rebrand from 
upload care to lighter isn't just a marketing play it actually is a revitalization of the company a, a 2.0 reinvention of of what you're doing and where you see the technology moving into the future it's definitely a reinvention and we it's uh, not by not pivot but uh, it's a reboot mm-hmm. and uh, um upload care so we started from build an uploader and we found, I think, a good name. It was like a title of some Affix Twin songs, and it was like an abstract. We wanted to use it. But then uh, when we decided to wait for a day, someone registered this domain name. <laughs> and we were super angry. And we thought like, all right, it's Uploader. Let's call it Upload Care. We care about uploads. So uh, Upload Care um, is still about uploads, and everything else is built on top of Uploader. It feels this way, but the platform we've actually built, it's much more than just an uploader and something built on top. It's everything about uh, file management and content delivery. And uh, we can compete with bigger players like Akamai. They have, I think, 9 billion or 10 billion in revenue per year. And the market of content delivery is 35, it's going to be $35 billion per year. Mm-hmm. And file uploaders market is super small. And we have one of the best products, but still, uh, the total addressable market is um, smaller than we actually can target. So Lighter, uh, it's not just about changing the name, it's changing positioning and moving us uh, like higher in hierarchy of content delivery. That's awesome. So Lighter is the future for you. You're going to keep keep building that and, and growing that. So Igor, I, w- I want to ask you about uh, your own personal journey now. Um, founder journeys, we always talk about the taboo topics, things that uh, most entrepreneurs don't talk about uh, openly, uh, things that we wish other entrepreneurs talked about so that we were prepared for when we felt those uh, challenges or, or frustrations. Are there any challenges or frustrations or taboo topics that you want to talk about today? Um, I think for me as a founder, one of the complex issues that we've solved uh, later than we should have, uh, it's focus, founder's focus. So mm. when we ran an agency, it helped us to generate some revenue and we've started from scratch. So there is like a common thing, uh, start fundraising from family, friends and fools. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have any like money in our families, any friends with money. So we've actually, we wanted to create something by our own, but uh, there was a like financial crisis and uh, at that point, and we've understood that we can start uh, from running an agency, then earn some money, and then it will help us to build something. It worked this way. But uh, when we uh, started Upload Care, um, an investor came to us. So we never fundraised at first. And an, an angel investor, he found us at one of the like, list of top IT products of like somewhere. And he wanted, he was willing to invest to us. And we agreed. So we thought, all right. Uh, it was about two hundred thousand dollars at, at that was point. Was he based in Russia or was he based in the U.S.? Uh, he was based in Russia. He was one of the co-founders of largest social media in Russia, VK. Um, we agreed. Uh, he sent money our way. 
but we were scared to uh, focus on one product. So we thought that, all right, we have this 200K, it will be enough for some runway, so we have some runway, but uh, it was scary to stop our agency. And we continued uh, working in the agency, uh, building upload care in our spare time. And we tried to hire a team to do it for us uh, instead of focusing ourselves. And it was a huge problem. And, and our investor, he was just he just he has just started investing, so he wasn't experienced enough to help us to stop or to um, kind of he he could have pushed us uh, to stop uh, running two businesses at uh, simultaneously. But he never did, and we had our agency, we had Upload Care, and you know what we did third? So we ran, we started another business. Uh, we started this mobile app for action sport participants, for skiers and mountain bikers. And the fun thing is that the same investor, he invested to the app too. That one too. <laughs> he wanted to invest to our team, so he trusted us. He trusted that eventually we will finally build something yeah. that uh, worth it. And he wanted to invest to our agency too, but um, we never closed this deal. I think it's, it was for good. So the problem was we tried to juggle three different businesses and it led to uh, conflicts between founders. So I tried to focus on the agency and upload care. My co-founder, he tried to focus on riders, our mobile app, and we were fighting because if we succeeded somewhere, uh, it it has meant that in other places we haven't. And uh, it's unsolvable issue. It was unsolvable issue until the end of 2017. I can also imagine in that scenario when one project starts to do well and you want to dedicate more resources toward that, you have to convince the other person, hey, we need to take resources away from your project and put it towards this because it's doing well. And that they might not feel comfortable, hey, why am I struggling harder to make this project work uh, with you taking resources away from me? Yes, and it's still hard. So we have some ideas even now, we still have this uh, app. Yeah. And uh, But when I told our investors that we have this asset, uh, like as riders app, they told me, no, it's not asset, it's liability. <laughs> Definitely. It, uh Focus, focus, focus is always um, the mantra, but it's it's a challenge for entrepreneurs, especially most entrepreneurs have some level of ADHD, uh, ADD, and um, yeah. uh, uh, it's the shiny object syndrome. Like there, there's new tech always coming out of the pipeline and like Web3 stuff or uh, augmented reality, social commerce, all these different things. And you look at, well, how can I apply this to my business? really shouldn't you should be like no focus on what you have already uh, until that is super successful then you can look at uh, uh, integrating the other new shiny objects and there is there are still some people who managed to run several different businesses like elon musk mm -hmm. so uh tesla and spacex and uh, boring companies so uh, he kind of successfully run different businesses i think uh, potentially it could be a role model or something for entrepreneurs who also want to run different businesses, but it requires a change of a mindset from building something by your own uh, to employing people who will do this uh, for you. Yeah, of. and I think the other thing is a lot of people don't realize 
how much work is involved. They look at the glamorous side of things. Yeah, look, Elon Musk, he's running five different companies, but uh, you don't realize that he, with with uh, uh, Tesla, he was sleeping on the floor uh, for months in the office because he was working 20-hour shifts trying to figure out engineering challenges and engineering problems. Even uh, just um, uh, in the past few months when he acquired Twitter, made the announcement, did some talks, and then he went straight to SpaceX that night and he was working on um, trying to solve a gasket issue. And so, yes, you can run multiple companies, but you have to have the, f- uh, the, the fortitude to keep at it. And there's sacrifices like personal life, family life, kids, like all those things yeah. um, need to be balanced. And so if you're going to be running multiple companies, you have to realize that that's a reality. Like I myself run multiple companies, but I'm not married. I don't have kids. And so I know I can dedicate those times. But if I did have a wife, I did have kids. I know that I can't run five different companies because I, they need my time and attention. Right? Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> Building a startup is never easy. There's lots of challenges, lots of ups and downs. What was your journey like? What What was some of the founder elements that you wish you heard or like we, we in founder journeys we talk about the taboo topics what are some of the taboo things that you wish other people talked about that you could have prepared yourself uh, better for or did you come across anything in your journey that you want other people to know <laughs> that they should be watching out for this or be careful around this or be aware that these are the things you're gonna have to deal with so there are a lot of good things about russia i think about every country and uh, there are pros and cons, I think. And one of the pros was, of course, uh, there is a good access to engineering talent in Russia. And uh, mathematics level is still super high. And they win uh, math Olympics and uh, different challenges. And our third uh, uh, person we've hired, I remember like a quick story from the past. So we went to a conference called EuroPython. It's one of the biggest Python conferences, and it was in Florence. And he was, I think, 17 at that point, maybe even 16, so super young person. And uh, there was a challenge for Python developers. He won. So he was the first person to send uh, his results, but he was super nervous, and he pressed F5 like several times to refresh the page, and then he was second. But still, uh, out of about 100 participants, he won this uh, challenge uh, on the was one of the best conferences. And that's uh, this story talks a lot about level of engineering mm-hmm. and engineering talent in Russia. Also, it's very affordable. It was it was very affordable <laughs> at some point. It helped us. So it helped us to run faster, uh, spending less m- money. Um, St. Petersburg itself is a great place to visit or to live. It's like historical capital of um, Russia and uh, one of the most beautiful cities in the world. So it's also a great thing. Uh, the current political situation, so I felt some th- that something is going to happen. So uh, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say names, of course, but mm. If uh, the company, if a business ran by people who are kind of, they're, they're not modern enough, they can't solve uh, modern um, challenges using modern well, tools. I think a great example, I know which way you're going here, is like you look at Tesla compared to 
General Motors or any of these old school car companies, they were stuck in their ways. People tried to t- tell them build electric, look modern, look at yeah. alternatives, and they're like, no, 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 we need to do this. Or yeah, we'll do it later, we'll do it later. And they just kept going the way that they're going. But the rest of the world wanted something else. They wanted to progress, just like we were talking about. There should not be there should not be borders. Countries need to be governed in a different way for the society of of today. Tesla yeah. was building electric cars and now it's probably the big best car in the world one of the best companies and it's not a car company it's a technology company there's so many different layers to what they offer uh, and another thing is that uh, uh, there are definitely countries where our government tries to help entrepreneurs because I think entrepreneurs is like a blue blood for uh, building a country mm-hmm. they will um, pay taxes in the future they will employ people they will teach people to to do something, so it's basic basics. Mm-hmm. Um, it in Russia, government uh, doesn't help real entrepreneurs, and uh, until it started messing with our business, it was still all right because this uh, access to talent was great, and we were born there, uh, so it was much easier to continue living where we were born uh, and not moving somewhere. But about three to four years ago, I started feeling like it's not going anywhere and I don't want, uh, I want to network with people uh, with similar mindsets. Mm -hmm. And that's why I decided, all right, at that point, I can start thinking about moving somewhere. And then we acquired this company in Vancouver and I left Vancouver. So I decided why not to move? That's that's awesome. So it wasn't really uh, a factor of political discontent or anything that was happening with the with with the borders and whatnot it was really about the mindset of the government and and how they're treating entrepreneurship and innovation and and uh looking at the future economies that's what you really wanted to uh, yeah position yourself and be in an environment where you can think i'm building a company for the future i'm building technology i'm building innovation and also i i think one of the things uh where russia helps uh, it really helps to build the resilience uh, and uh, yep. to solve problems <laughs> with different ways. With very little resources, but uh, very innovative ways. So I think uh, one of the things like Russians, Ukrainians, Belarus people, uh, still it's the same language, a similar mindset. Um, I consider this like mm-hmm. that we have similar mindsets like Slavic people, uh, they're good with problem solving, with duct taping something, solving yeah. really complex things uh, like in space by duct taping it. Cool. Igor, it's been amazing talking to you. Um, we are extremely lucky to have you here in Vancouver coming through Launch Academy and our Maple program. Our team has really enjoyed working with you. Uh, really excited to see the the future of Lighter, the the reinvention of Upload Care and, and where it's going to go. Uh, thanks for joining us and uh, I'm pretty sure we'll see you on the slopes or uh, in, in the mountains biking away. Thank you and thank you, Ray.